Hi, welcome back to Litcentric Radio, the podcast that's a literacy coach in your pocket. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Webb. I'm hoping that you wouldn't mind helping me with something in the spirit of the season. Um, I really could use your feedback as a loyal listener. I, I really want to make the show better, and I really can't do that alone. I mean, I can guess what you know parts you might like or parts you might want to you know see changed or improved, uh, but I could just keep guessing at that all day and not really know what would uh, make the show better. And so... I would really appreciate if you could uh, take the Litcentric Radio survey. It's as fast as possible. I estimate like three minutes. I think I took it in under 60 seconds. It's like as fast as I could do it because uh, I know taking surveys is not everybody's cup of tea, but I tried to make it as simple and straightforward as possible just to get some quick feedback and see, you know, where am I, um, you know, where am I on the right track as far as, you know, meeting your needs and keeping things interesting and entertaining for you. Um, and, you know, what parts really need to be improved because I'm always convinced that I'm not doing everything that I could be doing. Um, especially with the show. And uh, I really need your feedback to know where to um, kind of make changes and make improvements and see what works for you. So if you could do me the big favor and gift me with your feedback for Litcentric Radio, I would truly appreciate it. Uh, if you log on to litcentric.com, in the homepage, in the big photo there, there's a button that says take the three-minute survey. Like I said, it's less than three minutes, uh, but your feedback would be greatly appreciated, and I will use everything that you tell me um, to try to figure out better ways to um, kind of improve the show, and I would love to know in that survey if there's any specific books that you would love to see feature on the show. That would be awesome, because there's so many wonderful texts out there, and I would love to bring um, some new ideas to some of your favorite texts, too. So with that in mind, we're going to explore um, empathy today using the text Jabari Jumps. And I know a lot of people love Jabari Jumps. I see it all over the internet. Um, Lots of social media posts about it, which is really exciting. And one of the reasons I know I like it so much is because the character overcomes his fear in the story. I mean, who doesn't want to root for, you know, for a little guy overcoming something that is kind of a rite of passage for a lot of kids? Um, and the students, of course, can relate to Jabari really well uh, for his really kind of straightforward fear. He has to go off the diving board for the first time. And how many of us actually still have a fear like that, honestly? So, um, yeah, I just love how accessible it is to my students. And what I like to use it for is to explore empathy with students. First, kind of defining the concept for them and then teaching them um, what to really look for as far as text evidence to support the moments where we think empathy is, is really shining through. And the def- definition I use for students is to talk with them that empathy has two distinct parts. Um, it's both, the, both parts are about understanding, but one is about understanding the feelings of another person. And the other is understanding the perspective of the other person. And sometimes we may only do one or the other, you know, depending on the situation. Um, But in this case, I want to show examples in the text of uh, empathy for both for understanding feelings and perspective, but not so much focusing on Jabari, but instead focusing on his dad. Uh, because Jabari and his dad are the two main characters in the book. Of course, Jabari is the main character, but his dad plays a really pivotal role. His sister's in the book, too. Um, But actually, I don't even think she says anything or says much in the book. It's really more about um, the empathy that Jabari's dad has for him and how he actually helps him to overcome his fear um, and the positive result of that. 
So we're going to talk about empathy today and uh, help students find really good evidence in the text. And we're actually going to show them seven different ways on our bridge chart that empathy appears uh, in the text. And we're going to define each of those so that it becomes really clear for them what they're looking for. Are you looking for some new assessments for early literacy that are straightforward, quick, easy, and give you the kind of data that you really need to evaluate your readers? Well, Litcentric has a new product for you. It's called the Early Lit Kit, and it's a set of classroom-tested, student-friendly assessments that help you collect the right kinds of data about your emergent and early readers in kindergarten, first, and second grades. It's great for classroom teachers and intervention teachers and reading specialists, anybody who's working with that particular grade level of students, as well as some a couple older students maybe who um, we still need to evaluate their skills in a certain areas, maybe skills that they didn't um, get you know, when they needed them. So the Early Lit Kit helps you uncover what your students know and can do in some key areas. First with phonological awareness, and also alphabet letters and sounds, so identifying the names of letters as well as the sounds they make, um, phonics identification and decoding, so specific common core phonemes, um, identifying them in isolation as well as reading them within words because we know those two concepts are a little bit different, and also high frequency words. We have different sets for kindergarten, first and second grades. If you're looking for assessments that your students will actually enjoy doing and will give you the right kind of data that you need to collect, you should check out Litcentric's Early Lit Kit today. Log on to litcentric.com and click on the Shop tab. And that will take you to our store, and it's in the product section. All right, let's take a look at today's text, Jabari Jumps. I'm jumping off the diving board today, Jabari told his dad. Really? said his dad. The diving board was high and maybe a little scary, but Jabari had finished his swimming lessons and passed his swim test, and now he was ready to jump. So I don't know a single student who doesn't think that story is fun or a single student who can't really empathize with Jabari. We've all had to do things that are hard, and especially for our young students, anyone in elementary grades in particular, there are so many things our kids are doing for the very first time. And so this is a great story to pull out anytime you know you're gonna start some kind of big project with your students, or maybe they've got a big you know, assessment coming up and you need them to do really well, or, um, you know, just maybe they're, you're talking about, you know, doing some things for the first time or doing some things that are hard. It's a great story to feel kind of, you know, invigorated and excited about trying something new, even though it's okay to feel kind of nervous and scared at the same time. So for our bridge chart today, as we mentioned before, we are exploring empathy. And here we're gonna explore empathy from the actions and um, the words that come from Jabari's dad. And uh, what I'd like to do in the bridge chart is uh, basically make like a web. Now, I don't normally make webs often, um, even though my last name is Web, go figure. <laughs> but uh, one of the reasons I don't like using webs, honestly, is because I think they get overused as a graphic organizer. And I think what happens is that 
we, we show students, you know, with the web, things are generally related to something at the center, aren't they? Almost like, you know, kind of the center of like a daisy, right? Where, where the content is or the topics in the middle and then branching out from the center are these different topics that sometimes are related to each other and sometimes they're just related to this topic in the center. And there's nothing wrong with that. And we're actually going to use that structure today. But what happens a lot in classrooms that I notice is that the web becomes a default strategy or a default graphic organizer, and it's not always well suited to the specific task that we want students to do. So, for example, if we're having students, um, you know, do a sequence of something, you know, it's like we're going to retell something, for example. Well, the web wouldn't be ideal for that because the web doesn't lend itself to a sequence of events. It doesn't show a particular order of anything. It just shows basic relationships. So we have to think about that with our students that, you know, what we're asking them to do on the back end of our lesson, we want to set them up for success. And our bridge chart, the purpose of that chart needs to align itself with the purpose of the task in the end, because the language that we use when we're doing discussions and the language we actually put on the chart is going to influence how uh, the students actually do their task in the end. And we want to scaffold this process for them and really use the bridge chart as the support it's meant to be. And we're wasting our time, honestly, if we're not aligning those things for our students. We're not maximizing um, the outcomes for them. And so just be careful. It's nothing against webs, honestly, uh, but just don't use them as a default. Just use them when they're actually, you know, the appropriate structure to use. So today, I do think it's an appropriate structure because we're using it uh, to show seven different examples from the text that all relate to this idea that Jabari is nervous and he thinks he might not be ready to jump today. Okay, so that is the central problem that's going on. We really don't deviate from that problem at all in the text, which is great. And so a web makes a lot of sense because each of these examples ties into that one idea. So in the center of your web, I would put something like Jabari feels nervous and thinks he might not be ready to jump, something you know to that effect. You can shorten it if you want to. And then off of that, we're gonna kind of do spokes of a wheel, and we have seven different uh, examples of empathy. So one of the first things that I noticed in the text, uh, one of the examples, is that Jabari's dad squeezed his hand. Remember how they're kind of considering this, um, you know, this diving board for the first time and, and um, you know, they're kind of looking at it like, oh, today's the day, and his dad squeezes his hand and Jabari squeezes back. So that's our first kind of example in the text um, that the dad is showing empathy. He's showing uh, that he understands Jabari's feelings as well as probably his perspective, probably because Jabari's dad has experienced this before, right? A lot of us have. We've jumped off diving boards or done things like that in the pool for the first time, and we can definitely understand how that feels to kids. So in this case, I would put um, that example in its own little bubble, you know, and with the spoke of the wheel coming off of the center. And I would write, you know, dad squeezed his hand because that's the that's the example from the text. And um, there's one of two ways you can do this. We can go through and show all seven examples, all seven spokes of the wheel. And then afterwards, we can go back through and actually label what each of those um, different types of empathy are called, what the dad's actually doing there. 
Um, or you can do it all at the same time where we say dad squeezes his hand and then we go ahead and label what that means. Um, depending on how well your students understand empathy or if this is maybe their first time doing it, you might want to do this over two different periods. Maybe the first day, read the text and just go through and look for evidence of empathy. And then the next day, maybe read it again because it's a very short book. Uh, and then go back through and let's actually label what those different types of empathy are. I would suggest maybe doing that if it's your kid's first time. If they're older students and this isn't a new concept by any means, um, yeah, feel free to do it all in one day. They can definitely handle that. So on this, um, let's go ahead and I'll just label them together as we go so we don't have to go through the chart twice. So when his dad squeezed his hand, I would say that the empathy he's showing there is that he's reassuring him because Jabari hasn't jumped off of it yet, right? They're just kind of sizing it up. So I think um, that's what I would call that. His dad reassures him. The next spoke of the wheel of the text evidence of empathy is that the dad says, maybe you should take a rest because he recognizes that Jabari is stalling, right? He's letting kids go ahead of him and he's, you know, he's taking his time. And he's not really even getting to the top and he starts climbing and his dad knows he's hesitating there. So he says, why don't you take a rest? So I would label that as he suggests an alternative. That's a way that he's kind of letting him know it's okay to actually not do this thing right now. Or it's okay to actually take the break that you're kind of too afraid to take. The next spoke of the wheel, the next example of empathy is, um, remember when Jabari says, oh, I forgot to do my stretches. So it's another stalling tactic. And his dad agrees, oh yes, stretching is important. So in this case, he's actually validating Jabari's idea of, oh, I have to stretch. So again, he's, he's validating the fact that it's okay that you're stalling and it's okay that you need to think about this a little bit more, maybe even change your mind. The next example of empathy is uh, the dad and Jabari kind of size up the diving board together. And um, I think in this part, Jabari's dad is just really showing him that he's there to support him. That he, you know, he's been by his side this whole time and, and he's talked with him and, and watched him carefully. And he hasn't, you know, kind of pushed him into anything he doesn't want to do. He's just kind of waiting for Jabari to take the lead. And, and that's the kind of support that he's offering. Then the dad describes uh, how he handles being scared. So this is kind of, I think, the big push that Jabari needs is this idea of the, um, the dad providing an example. And I think for Jabari, he's got this big, strong dad. You know, he probably thinks he can do anything. And to dad, for the dad to show this vulnerability is an important part of the empathy piece. The last two, um, this one actually isn't in the, um, in the words. It's actually in the illustration. When Jabari gets um, onto the diving board, the dad is with the daughter in the pool and they're waving at him. The dad's like clearly waving like, yeah, you know, you can do it. And so he's providing some encouragement, even though he's not right next to him anymore. Right. There's some distance between them. And then at the end, after he jumps, the dad said, you did it. So he gives him, you know, this positive feedback, right? Like, oh, you did all of that, you know, all that work and you went through with it. And wow, you actually did it good for you. Right. So. Uh, there's a lot of examples of empathy going on here. And I think for a lot of folks, when they work with a book like this one, they focus a lot of their discussion on Jabari, which, of course, there's nothing wrong with that. And a lot of our text-dependent questions in the Lit-Centric Radio lesson for this episode, a lot of our questions do specifically talk about Jabari, just so we can get an understanding of kind of what he's thinking and feeling as far as empathy goes. But when we get to the bridge chart, I really want students to focus on the moves the dad makes, because 
that's where we're really getting an understanding of how others are showing empathy um, to the character that we've started to analyze together. So we kind of get to see things from both sides, which in turn improves our students' empathy, at least from the perspective side, that we're looking at things from Javari's perspective, and then we're also looking at it from the dad's perspective. And when I want students to write about this, I want them to provide a specific example of when they've tried to master something and explain actually how they went about doing it. And uh, that, in turn, um, allows them to really think about, um, you know, the perspective of their reader and what their reader might um, be thinking and feeling about a, a task like that, especially if you frame it in a way that um, maybe for younger students, you know, if, if you could imagine someone doing this task for the first time, what are some things that they might need to know and what kind of feelings might they need to be aware that will come up for them and what can they do about that? Because that's essentially what Jabari's dad is, is helping him to do. So I hope you'll take this lesson idea for Jabari Jumps, which again, I know a lot of you know and love this book and I know a lot of you own this book already. I hope that you'll uh, you'll take this idea and take it a little bit further. Um, instead of just focusing on hooray for Jabari and look how we overcame something, let's talk about what was the dad doing to actually help him overcome that and what does that mean for empathy in our classrooms. Don't forget at litcentric.com, if you click on the listen tab, you can listen to um, the different episodes from seasons one, two, and now season three that we've just started recently, as well as some bonus episodes. And along with that, there's a link there um, for each episode to the actual text. So if you haven't purchased the text yet, it'll take you to Amazon and, um, and help you make your purchase. And uh, we're an Amazon affiliate, and so we get a tiny little percentage of that, which helps keep the show going and helps me uh, keep bringing you the show for free. So hopefully if you have some text you'd like to order, you'll use some of those links to help out Let's Radio. And we will see you next time. Have a great day at school.